Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Day yesterday, the All Blacks named their squad to play Ireland with some notable omissions and for me, one massive addition. Yes, RTS, Roger Tuivasa-Shek has made the All Black squad and for Roger, this must have been a dream come true. Six new caps made the All Blacks, but for me, the inclusion of Roger opens the doors for many in league who thought an All Black transition would be just too hard. Roger may be the log that breaks open the dam in rugby league, which sees more players seriously consider a switch to rugby union. Here's the question is... Should the NRL be worried? Should they be afraid? I think they should be. And and will they be losing many more stars to rugby union seeing that there's a World Cup just around the corner? Roger's only the beginning. Well done, Rog. You're a great kid and a top bloke. You deserve this. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Bang. Nice, Uncle. Nice. Uh, um, uh, should the NRL be worried? Um... I think they should be worried to lose a couple. I know there's already been conversations and, and a bit of news coming out of Australia uh, with the World Cup going to be hosting hosted in, in Australia 2027. You know, World Cup in your home backyard, you don't get that. Um, you know, we do get it quite often with the league, but, you know, with the amount of teams coming from around the world, probably doesn't have the, you know, the worldwide um, broadcasting kind of sense back into it. So, mate, potentially... Yeah, they should be a little bit worried to maybe some of their big superstars might want to make the switch and, and have a wee crack. So love that. Off the back fence, always a great addition every morning with Tony Kemp. Coming up, we're going to talk Sione Farmawina. Looking forward to this. 88 games for the Warriors. How good. I'm going to get coffee now. A McCafe one. We got the follow. We got him out of bed. We got the brother out of bed. Eh? I like that. Yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't quite a dream start for Stacey Jones. Would have hoped for on Sunday after the Cronulla Sharks circled for the kill at Redcliffe. I was really excited, mate. They conceded 38 points after going 12-0 up. 
and it just proved that there's more to fix in the Warriors' side than just getting a couple of 20-minute uh, head starts on everybody. Sione Fomwena is a former Warriors teammate of Stacey and knows what it takes to succeed in the NRL. He's, uh, he's a good kid, mate. We signed him from Canberra. He's on the line with us now. Back in those days, Morena Sione. Uh, Morena Kempi, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm all good, brother. Thanks a lot for coming on. Hey, uh, just give us a, a little bit of an update. Uh, what you're up to these days down at Rotorua? Yeah, yep. So uh, I'm uh, working for a company called Alsco. Uh, I'm a client manager covering the Bay of Plenty region. Uh, I'm actually pulled over on the side of the road. I'm on my way to Tokoroa to see a few clients. Um, <laughs> but uh, look, love it, love it down here. Um, and uh, yeah, pretty much um, just doing the mahi. <laughs> oh, good boy, good boy. Hey, um, obviously want to talk about our mate Stace. What's your thoughts on Stace taking the head coach's job and and and, and the state of the Warriors at the moment? Yeah, look, I, I think it's a massive opportunity for old Stace. You know, he's been... Um, at that assistant coaching level for a few years now, so um, you know um, I think he'll you know he'll go well. Uh, to answer your other question, uh, Kempi, around the state of the Warriors at the moment, uh, you know, you know, COVID has to play a bit of a part in that. But I think you know there's probably a bigger bigger picture when it comes as a organisation as a whole. You know, pretty much been underperforming for for a few years now. So, um, but who knows? You know, with Stacey at the helm, things. Could probably look up, but uh, only time will tell. Yeah, uh, hey, Sione, it's Izzy here, mate. Great to have you on the show, bro. Appreciate you pulling over in your busy mahi days. Um, <laughs> no worries, Izzy. Hey, um, just just on there from from the outside looking, you've been a part of uh, a Warriors outfit and the successful uh, one when you've had a little bit of success in your time. What were the pillars mm. that you guys um, kind of relied on and were able to build your identity? Um, on that, yeah. that you feel like maybe the Warriors are lacking at the moment? Yeah, Izzy, that's a mean, that's a mean question. I guess if you watched um, Monty's interview with uh, Ando a couple of days ago and he spoke about you know the identity of the Warriors, mm. I think when Ando and Kempi were at the helm in the early 2000s, uh, they looked at their roster and saw the skill set that each player had and then sort of built, I think, a game plan to complement that roster. Yep. And so the early success was based around uh, the individual skill sets and then implementing a game plan to really showcase that. Uh, you know, one of the things that surprised me when I come back from the Raiders um, in my first year at the Warriors was they brought me over to play my game. And so when I, when I come back and doing skill sessions and I wasn't doing what, I, what they brought me over to do, they were like, hey, man, we know you can play footy. We know you can throw them. We know we want you to do that. And I was like, hey, are you sure? Okay, then. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and so the mix at that club during those successful years in the early 2000s, it's, everyone complimented each other. Um, if you look at our left side, we had you know Ali, um, Clinton, Franny, myself. And then on the right side, you had other guys like um, you know Henry, uh, Vinnie Anderson, Logan. And you could almost say they were mirror opposites. So, you know, I was a ball-playing back rower. Logan was the grafter grinder. So, yeah. you know, that's sort of how our, uh, what, what I saw as the mix to, to our team. Um, and, yeah, pretty much that's the brotherhood that we had back then was, you know, we had your back. Yeah. Um, you know, Ando spoke about rising up against teams like the Broncos, and he's 100% correct. No one bullied us. No one could bully us. 
So how teams would try and beat us is they used to kill us with kindness, right? <laughs> they used to be like, pat us on the back after a good tackle and, you know, like not try and irritate us. Mm-hmm. And so, because um, when they did, that's when the, you know, the monster would, would come out. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but, uh, but yeah, that's sort of where I saw the success within those early years was that we, we played for each other. Um, we had each other's back and we, we knew we were going to go 100%. Uh, and what we did, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. If we were going to play throw around footy, then we've got to take the consequences and the success that comes with it. Yes, you're dead right. You nailed the, you nailed it there, Sonia. It was all about knowing your role and just getting out there and enjoying yourself. And, and the other part too, and I, mate, I thought about this last week. I don't know what you're thinking because, you know, you're the guy um, in the side back then that had the brains, you know, knew when to go, knew mm. when to throw the shots. Is it a fitness thing, Sione? Because the other part that people don't talk about those early days is how fit the team was. Like, they you know, they were known back then that they couldn't last the 80 minutes, but then all of a sudden they were smashing the teams by 60 be... points. So um, do you think it's a fitness issue that the Warriors have at the moment, or, or is it just purely mental? I think it's a combination, Kempi. Um, you know, I think it is a bit of fitness. I think it is a little bit of mental, but then I think it is a bit of restrictions around some of the skill sets that these players have. Like, I look at someone like Chanel Harris-Tavita, and he's got to be one of the most, you know, um, underrated halves, in my opinion, coming out of New Zealand. Um, and he's, he's so skillful, but I think there's so much more he can offer. I don't know whether that's a confidence thing or whether he's been restricted, but I think it is a combination of a few things. Um, but being able to get that mix right is always the million-dollar question, right? You know, do we run them to the ground to get them fit? And what's going to give? You know, do we build them up strength-wise? And then, you know, sort of trying to find that balance, um, I think, is where, where probably they need to be. What, what, do you, what would you like to see happen to them, um, Sione? Like, as a, as a past player, it, it must hurt. Mm. It must hurt just seeing uh, a team that you've given so much for, 88 games for the Warriors, you know? Um, must yeah. hurt seeing them struggle. So would you just like to see them come home and kind of wipe the slate and just and just start again and, and try and get the backroom right? I feel like the backroom's probably a big problem at the moment. Yeah, I think it, you know, there's, there's so many moving parts in a sports organisation, uh, mm. especially the NRL one, you know, from, from top to bottom. And so being able to get all those, you know, the cogs in the wheel aligned and moving together, I think is, is where it needs to be. Um, I know for a fact, especially in 2004, Kempi will attest to this, you know, we went from the highs of 01, 02, 03 to 04, losing six on the trot, right? Mm. Like, it's, we didn't go out there to lose, but we just didn't know... Like, man, we've never been in this position before. Like, how do we get out? Um, and, and for me, I just want to, you know, it's not like the boys aren't going out there and they're not trying. And that's sometimes I think, you know, from fans' perspective looking in, it's like, man, maybe they're not giving it their all. I'm telling you now, they do, right? Every player that puts on that jersey, they give 100%. Um, it may not look at it sometimes, but they do. So just being able to bring them home, um, I wouldn't say wipe the slate clean because I think that sort of is almost waving the white flag. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's come home, let's smash it out in front of our, our, our people, um, let's finish the season strong, and then let's start to put in uh, little pieces to the puzzle to, to build on for next year. Yeah, yeah see, look, you, you, you touched on it there. We went through those highs and, and then we hit that low in 2004. 
Um, just mm. take us through, because it's really similar. I said that to Stace, man. You know, like Stace, you've got so much on you know on the line here. Just take us through 2004, because it's the same, eh? It's what they're going through at the moment. How how do they get to the end of the season? Man, especially, it was, uh, yeah, because we're almost like so far into the season this year for the boys, you know, 2004, um, when there was that transition, obviously Ando left and then, um, you know, Kempi took over. It was, you know, you're almost running on on fumes by that time. <laughs> it's like, mm. man, we're just going to turn up. we just got to, you know, do what we can do, do our own role, do it to the best of our ability and just get through, right? Give our best. Because a lot of it does then become mental because physically there's nothing wrong, right? Like uh, at that stage in the season. So we knew that, hey, man, we just got to start working uh, together, pushing together, you know, doing it for each other to get through uh, to the rest of the uh, end of the season. And I think that's where the boys are at now with the transition with Stace is to play for each other, try and bring some enjoyment back. Um, mm. It's really hard when you're in the lull to enjoy your footy. And one of the things that I noticed with our squad back in the early 2000s was when we enjoyed our footy, we played our best footy. right? Mm. And I think, you know, getting some enjoyment back uh, and, and really trying to, you know, be happy and, and, and do what you can to enjoy your footy for the rest of the season will we'll do a lot. So, yeah, I think that's where, where they're at at the moment. Yeah, that's, um, that's exactly right. And it's pretty hard to enjoy it when you're sitting down the wrong end of the ladder in the yep. NRL. Sione, thanks a lot for joining us this morning, mate. We'll stay in touch. I really thanks, hope Sione. that the Warriors get someone else like you in there no. um, just to talk to all of our Polynesian boys because you've got so much knowledge to offer. Uh, go well, brother, and uh, drive safe. Okay, cheers. Thanks, Kippy. Cheers, Izzy. Cheers, bud. Awesome, Kip. Yeah, good, good. Like, honestly, when he's talking about that football, we, we signed him. I remember me and Ando sitting down with him. We got, we got Mutu Tony. Um, they played junior Kiwis together, and we got Mutu to call him into the hotel in Canberra. We went to play Canberra um, there. So, you know, he came in, he signed, and we just said to him, mate, we need you back here just playing football. You know, he wasn't enjoying his time in Canberra, and he came back, and he was a superstar, mate. Yeah, and he's still a superstar now. You can tell he's um, he's a very bright individual, isn't he, Kimpy? And the way he looks at it with clarity, I thought it was a really interesting comment about he, the players are trying. Hey, um, what what you can do is you can call 837 go warriors support the Warriors, win surprises with the Vodafone voicemail. So if you like Sioni and you're still so passionate and you care about the Warriors and you just want them to come home and have a refresh, why don't you leave a message of support by calling the Vodafone voicemail 0837 go Go Warriors. They're home soon. We can't wait to have them back. Some messages here. We want to hear from you. 0800 150 What is the selection and the point of contention? Are you a Brad Weber fan? Are you a Luke Jacobson fan? Who are you upset that missed out? We've got a couple here. How do they drop Frizzell after being Landers' form player in Super Rugby? And he wasn't the only Landers. Lucy, is he? Yeah. Muno McAlley too. Ah, oh, uh, look. Uh, you have to wait for Grant Fox to get on. Ask Foxy, he'll have a real inkling and he'll give us a pretty upfront answer to that situation. I can only assume um, that he's been in there before, before and, and has he really taken that opportunity? You know, it could be debatable. Um, so, you know, we're 18 matches out from the World Cup. You've got to try things and, and this is another opportunity to try things. And the phone lines are running hot and we've got Tony from Auckland and he wants to chat some A-B's selections. Morning, Tony. Morning, guys. How's it going? Yeah, very good. Very good, good mate. mate. 
what was your take from yesterday's announcement, mate? Are you, are you happy? Is something that you're not happy about? Oh, no, I'm very happy with the selections. I'm glad there's been a lot of changes, uh, mm. a lot of new debutants. Um, I'm glad they finally got rid of Piranara, sorry to say. Mm. Um, but I'm, I'm surprised they didn't put on Luke Jacobson. Yeah. What were you surprised about, mate? You, you feel like he's been hard done by and he's a player that could potentially obviously fill the seven role, but eight as well? Yeah. Yeah, he, he probably could have filled the eight. Um, so who we got? We've got Savia. What, what's he going to be playing at? Wow. Savia will either go... He'll either be seven or eight. You know, I actually had him as captain. Yeah. Tony, it's a good point you make. Uh, thanks for your call, mate. Give us one, 0800 the Ken Atsai phone line. I like that, Tony. And it's a good point you make because Sam Kane is what we just talked about, is he? It means that they're not going to not start Artie Savia, are they? So, oh, it's, mate, it's, um, well, thank you, Anton. Oh, Anton Leonard Brown's <laughs> just dropped me off a nice coffee. I'm doing doing the show at his house, so that's great service. Worth asking, why, why not Artie, mate? No, no, he's gone now. He doesn't want to answer that question. <laughs> um, look, it's. <clears throat> Yeah, look, you you did right. They Artie's got to play. Artie has, has to, play. to play, and the question is now: Where does he play? Sam Kane's the captain, and they've announced it. Is he ready to rip in and play a full eighty? We don't know. We've seen him in the last twenty minutes of both uh, quarter and semi. Uh, so yeah, that's the question: Does Artie go to eight, and and Sam play seven, and maybe chuck a. Uh, or, you know, does Artie go to six, like you said, Uncle? Like, oh, mate, no. that, and I was thinking, nah, but, mate, it might be the right one. We don't know. Yeah. You know it. You know, he's, he goes to six. Sam <laughs> came to seven. Up, so two to on the back, and they just rip it up. I get off the bench. If, you know that. If, well, didn't you pick Artie Sarver for six and, and seven? So, hey, Michael's giving us a call. One Michael, whereabouts are you around the country, mate? I'm in Auckland. And what do you hey, got? I, I just had a thought on the selection, and I mean, I, 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 I don't know. It seems to me that the best, in terms of props, the best scrummager is Ethan De Groot, mm. and the best round the player, uh, round the the, the round the park player is Alex, Alex Hodgman. But mm. they both have an obvious weakness, and I wonder if the the selection ideas is is actually almost a defensive. Let's take, let's get rid of the players that have an obvious weakness, rather than let's pick the players with the obvious strengths. Um, so I, I, I just wonder if that's the decision that's been made here on the on the props. You've got the, the guy that I think is the best scrummager and the guy that's the best round the field prop, both missing out on selection. And I wonder if that's the uh, if that's the rationale there. Hey, I think they're I think they're a little bit scared, uh, Michael. I think they're worried. Coming what the Irish threat uh, bring over from Ireland, they're really set piece orientated side, they scrummage well and the only thing I can see them picking Kao Tui Nukuafe is because they're worried, they're worried that they're going to get beaten up front because it doesn't make sense, this is a guy that's going and and we're trying to build for the future, we know he's going, he's not going to be there so oh, that's the question I want to ask yeah, Grant Fox look, when, Yeah, yeah and I, I mean I guess you, you there's a point where you keep an eye on the future but you still want to be picking the um, the guys that are going to win the game. And I, I don't mm. have a massive problem with that because he also there's a chance that he might back out of that contract and then you go, oh, well, yeah, we could have we could have had him ready for the World Cup but we didn't. So there's always that sort of thing that can be in the back of the mind. But mm. um, but you, I, I just... I, I feel like the group 
look, I've only really watched games in person. I haven't watched them on the TV. And if I'd watched more games on TV, maybe I'd have a different idea. But Groot is the best scrummager I've seen in in person. I, I haven't seen anyone. Yeah, no, no. Like it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty astute uh, observation, Michael. He is a beast at scrum time, but it's not like he's a slouch around the field at all. Like I think he'd be really hard done by. And I know what you mean. You've got to win these games, but. It's just a great selection because it's got the World Cup in mind. Uh, great message here. Sam Kane's a great guy and seems like a real competent leader. He's currently not a world-class player and you don't pick an All Blacks captain who's not in your starting 15. So that is a very unhappy fan on double eight, double three. Uh, commiserations for Webby and TJ from Brett on double eight, double three. And also one here. Morning, I personally like Richie at 10. Barrett at 10 sometimes goes to into higher and gets pushed off where Richie brings shorter more inclined to chop the legs there you go lots of debate on the All Blacks the next man that's on the show he definitely knows what's involved he's part of the team the makeup of the selection committee and he was a big part of yesterday's uh, announcement with the All Blacks yesterday was a very special day for everyone named in the All Blacks uh, team to take on the Irish uh, test series as we have learnt throughout the years creating these squads is anything but easy Grant Fox has been there and done that a number of times now as selector and he's with us on the line now morning Foxy morning Izzy how you going very good mate thank you so much for for tuning in and joining the show uh quickly a huge day yesterday was, was it a bit of a pretty arduous and tedious pro, pro, process obviously was it right down to the last pretty minute <laughs> selecting this team Mate, it's never arduous or tedious, I can assure you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of time and a lot of chat, mm. as you'd be you know, well aware. Uh, a lot of thought goes into this. Um, yeah. And, you know, we've got, a, um, in our view, you know, we spend a lot of time trying to get it right, you know, and that's based on, um, you know, past performance, um, mm. you know, what's ahead of us and what we're also trying to do. So, you know, they are, they, they, they're exciting days for those, um, who get named, and I just heard your intro, you know, that six newbies, you know yep. what that's like. Mm-hmm. But even the guys who've been there a while, you know, they never take for granted getting, getting their name read out. And then, you know, the counter side of that is you really feel for the guys um, who've been there before, who've missed out this time, because that's tough. You know, thankfully, I don't have to make those phone calls. That's Fozzie's <laughs> job. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, it, 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 I mean, it is what it is. And now, you know, we just got to roll up our sleeves and get on with it. Hmm. Hey, Foxy, what did you learn from last year in naming this team this year? Hi, Kimby, how you going? All good. Um, what, did I learn? what did we learn? Well, I mean, we had we were 12 out of 13 last year until we hit the last two games, so we are actually tracking mm. pretty well, you know, and we banked all the trophies. And then, you know, we came up against two very good sides, and we're at the end of a you know, long tour, and we're getting, you know, a big block, two lots of five tests in 12 weeks, and, you know, we were running out of, out of a bit of juice, but... You know, if um, what, um, but nevertheless, you know, we we lost two. So what did we learn? Other sides are getting better. We know that. Um, you know, we've got to keep keep improving. But you know, where the the big focus of uh, for us has been about our you know ability, agility, and power. Um, you know, particularly up front. Um, so we've got to, you know, we've got to get the balance right between guys who can really deliver quality set piece but also have got mobility and agility and physical impact around the park. Um, because, you know, we've got, we're have got we coming up against other sides who are very good in that area. France in particular, Ireland are good at the way they play their game. You know, England, England the big lads, that's South Africa, as, as you well know, are very, very mm-hmm. physical. So 
it sort of wasn't a learning so much as like, oh boy, these guys are really, you know, they, they've gone up a cog or two, and you know, we, we've got to we've got to keep moving. So that was a big big thought process in our selection, making sure that you know we can still deliver you know quality set pieces, but that we've got you know that mobility, agility, and power that that we are looking for, and we need the power on both sides of the ball, both with our carry and on defence. Uh, so the big uh, talking point this morning, particularly on our show, uh, Foxy, has been the uh, the inclusion of Carl Tuinukuafe over uh, uh, an Ethan De Group. He's been left out, and um, people are just wondering: was that obviously a hard decision to make? And um, Foxy's already come out and spoke about the fitness and the kind of style mm. that you've already alluded to. But with with Carl leaving, was that always in the background? Like he's he's off to France and maybe taking up yeah, well, the position. Yeah, we know. <clears throat> yeah, we know he's leaving, is he? But you know us. Mm. You've been you were with us long enough. We don't penalise guys for doing that um, yeah. at, at, at all. Um, you know, he's still available um, yeah. for July and for the rugby championship, right? And yeah. you know, without um, trying to get you know take too much further and dig down because those are private conversations that Foz has got to have, and we're not going to yeah. download that in public. But but Carl is our best loose head scrummager in our view. Right, uh, that, that's pretty simple, um, and so that, that's where we've gone. And you know, he's got some miles on the clock. Uh, he's had a few test matches now, and the other two loose heads are still relatively inexperienced. One's a, a newbie, in Aiden, and and you know, George still hasn't got many miles on the clock. So we needed some experience as well. Now, you know, it's all not lost for guys like Ethan at all. You know, he yeah. Foz has given him the message about what he's looking for, and that's Ethan's challenge to go away and work on that. But you know, there are other boys coming too, you know, and, and uh, the team you used to play for, there's some good young props down there and I think they're going to have something to stay within the next, you know, little while about, um, you know, don't forget about us. We might be young, but we're coming. So um, we, we've you know, we've gone from a situation where I'd argue our depth and prop has been somewhat, you know, we've been challenging to saying actually we're not far away from having a really good crop of, of options to pick from. Mm. Hey, Foxy, just on this mobility, agility, power, is, is that what you're seeing from these younger international teams, uh, especially at the back end of your tour last year, that they may be um, not afraid of the All Blacks teams as they have been in the past and why you've gone for uh, players with that mobility, agility, power, um, I guess, bringing that to the game? Is that what, is that what you're thinking? They need to yeah, be really yeah, aggressive? Yeah, yeah, we... Yeah, we have to, um, because, you know, again, this game's brutal, right? Um, now, it's, mm. and the athletes are just getting bigger, fitter, stronger, faster. That's what's mm. happening, mate, in all professional contact sports, Kempe. It doesn't matter what code, that's what's happening. So, um, and we, we saw what, you know, the mobility of the guys who wear the really no numbers on their back in, in, in Ireland and, and with France in particular, right? Um, and their power they bring. So not only are they, you know, they can get from A to B pretty quickly, um, um, but they can move laterally, um, they can come forward quick, um, and you know, they're big boppers who can carry hard too, and, uh, and, and they hit pretty well without the ball. So we've just got to make sure that, that we've got the balance right. So it'll become more apparent when we pick you know, our first test group about what we're looking mm. for there, because we've got to be careful. We can't afford to have, you know, while well, we, we could have all the best set, set piece technicians on the park at all the same time, but we would lose a little bit of that mobility and agility 
and that gets exploited. So again, it's about getting the balance right, making sure that you know there's still room. Rugby's a game for all shapes and sizes. There's still room for all of that, but you know, with what we're coming up against now, and also what we want to do, <clears throat> you know, we need a we need guys with big engines who can keep working and working and working. Um, so you know that that's that that's where we've gone. Now time time's going to tell, i.e. in July, whether we've got this right or not. But you know that's our job as selectors to mull that over and make these decisions. And now now you know we we get tested because that's why they're called test matches. Well, somewhere we're not lacking, Foxy, is the ten position. Uh, <clears> we're pretty healthy at the moment, and a fellow ten like yourself, mate, you must be relatively impressed with um, you know, Richie, obviously, and uh, Stephen Petafeta making his. Uh, first all-black squad can cover fullback as well. But particularly with Bowden Barrett, mate, have you been uh, really impressed with how he's come on this year? And what, what's what's the difference you feel? Or what do you think he's doing um, great at the moment that's kind of taken him to, I feel, uh, another but, level, but, take another step? Well, well Bodie's just doing what Bodie's capable of, isn't he? I mean, look, anyone who goes to Japan, when they first come back, they struggle. Right? And yeah. that happened to Bowden, Right. And um, then he just needed some miles on the clock. And in the test matches last year when he got a run because Richie was away on, on you know, a baby birthing duty, um, you know, Bodie got a bit of a run out. And he started to play really well last year too, you know. So he's just carried on. He's just kept, he's just kept growing. And, um, you know, so nothing surprising me here. And, you know, Richie's coming in at some real form now at the business end of the competition. No great surprise there. Mm. Um and um, Stephen's had, you know, he, I mean, we've had Damien, as you well know, doing that 10, 15 job for us for a while now, and he's not eligible um, because, you know, he made a decision to go and play in Japan. So, and Stephen's just taken this opportunity. Now, we've been talking, had our eye on Stephen for quite a while. You know, we knew yep. about this kid a while back, but he's just, he's had a horrid run with injuries and he just always seemed to lack confidence and self-belief. And so now he's fit. He's, he's getting getting through without injuries and this year, he has got confidence and self-belief, and we're seeing it in the way he's playing. So it doesn't sort of matter what jersey he's playing in, whether it's 10 or 15, he is actually having a big influence on the game. Um, he's, you know, he's a kid who sees space really well, whether it's close mm. around him or wider on the field or in behind. He's got this innate ability to sense where there's opportunity, i.e. space. And whether it's kicking to it or passing to it through a longer pass or a shorter pass, he's really good at that. So, um, you know, he's, he's, um, he's deserved his, his call-up, no doubt about that. Hey, Foxy, so we've, we've spoken about the type of player um, that, you, that you need to, to go in here. Let's talk a little bit about mm. what I noticed last year, and that was the opposition defensive lines and the way that yep. I guess the Andy Farrells and, and the league boys have brought this up-and-in defensive, uh, aggressive uh, defensive line up against the All Blacks. It is sometimes it seems mm. to cut down the times of the Bodie Barretts and the Geordies and players like that. Yeah. Have you guys thought a lot about that in the selection process and around how you're going how you're going to play against that and combat those defensive structures? Yeah, well but it can be that's only a small part of it about in terms of the talent, right? That the issue is about the game. What have we got to do to blunt that opportunity, right? So there's been a lot of thought put in by the coaching group about how, how we're dealing with that. So we've just got to get, you know, the, the best way to do it is to bend the D-line, right? How do you bend the D-line? Well, you get a quality set piece, you strike well, right? And you get your first, you know, one, two or three carries very effective, right? And once you do that and you've got the D-line backing off and you can get lightning quick ball, they can't bring heat, right? Mm. So you've just got to flip it around and actually cha- change it at source. 
So if they, you know, and you're not going to get, you know, you're not going to get that all the time because you know there's two teams in this contest, and um, you know it's it's a it's a battle of attrition. So you're not always going to get what you want, but you want to get it more often than you don't. So it's not so much about um, looking at the the talent pool to say how do we deal with that. It's actually about the game, right? Get the game right. Um, and you know that helps us. Now that also applies to what the opposition bring, right? That, that you know you, what I just talked about. They're trying to do. So we've looked at you know part of that selection, and so this is more about the selection without the ball. What can we do to 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 blunt that, right? How are we going to stop them so that they can't do that to us? Um, and also that's around mobility and agility because if you get guys to station really quickly then you can come forward quickly. But if you're a bit slow getting into position and they've, they've, they've bent you and they've got LQB, you're scrambling, right? So again, that's just that's more about the game in many ways than it is about selection. Yep, no logs, no logs. Get set and get into position. Big uh, big yeah. thing I remember from being in that team, mate, was getting uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. measured yeah. on your mm. on your effort to get off the ground. Hey, Foxy, we asked yeah. uh, our listeners just to fire through a few um, questions your way, so I'll just read a couple yeah. for you. Morning, yeah. Laz. James from Christchurch here. Would love to know from Foxy if Thomas Umanga Jensen was close. I reckon he's been a standout for the Landers, his size, and go forward. That's from James. Yeah, he was talked about. A lot, I mean, we talk about a lot of players, right? There's hardly a player in Super Rugby that doesn't get talked about, and, and um, you know, he got our, he got our attention. Yep. Um, but we can't pick everybody, right? No. It's it's pretty simple. It's it, it's it's as simple as that. So, um, and we still need some experience, right? So we got to, you know, we've picked Rog up. He's new there. He's, you know, I think it would be uncharitable to call him a project. He's still got mm. some development to do, but he's not far off being, you know, saying, and we, you know, saying you're 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 ready to go, because we wouldn't be afraid of picking him, right? So, yeah. But, you know, there's still a lot of upside in Rog up. Um, you know, Davy Harbilly's a quality footballer. Mm. Um, you know, Rico's been, you know, absolutely on fire. Yeah. Um, you know, Quinta Pye's come to form, you know, later in the competition, but, you know, Quinn did well for us last year and he fits that sort of bigger, harder carrying profile that we've we've often had in our twelves. And mate, we know the quality footballer Jack Goodhue is. Um he's mm. been with us before and, you know, he's come back really well from a tough injury because often it takes another year. Well he's come back to it pretty well and he's not quite there yet, Jack, but there are glimpses. Of with Jack of what we, we've you know what we what we like about him and we just think he can keep getting better so um, that's the way that's that's where we've gone with that. Well, the biggest debate and I'm going to throw it straight to you is RTS. I thought yep. maybe with a little bit of room in front of him, would see him being able to open teams up, shoot, use his footwork, mate. Do you think he's a down and out uh, midfielder? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I yep. absolutely do. Um, so again, you go back to what we were talking about before about if we can get our game right and create those opportunities. Mate, Roger's got great feet, you know, and, and we saw early in the competition his ability to skin people, then he got injured. Um, but, you know, you don't always get what you want in this game. So when he doesn't get what he what he wants, i.e., you know, breaching, what he does is he, he, he can get between defenders and he's got good post-tackle fight, right? He keeps going. So Roger's not afraid of that channel. If, if she's a little bit blocked, he'll still go there. But he doesn't T-bone. He uses his feet to try and, you know, get a weak shoulder and get some ca- and carry in. So he's done, he's done really well in that area. The other thing I'm really impressed with, Roger, is his ability. He, he reads defence really well. You know, I think he makes good decisions on defence. Um, 
you know, at times he, he can be a little bit high on the tackle and get sended. Um, yep. You know, I think that will just take a little bit more time to get him a little bit lower and aiming at sort of midriff a little bit more. But, um, mate, he, there's still plenty of growth in Roger yet. So, mm. you know, you remember a guy called Sonny Bill Williams who got picked when he was pretty green to rugby. Oh, yeah. So um, <laughs> he didn't turn out bad, did he? He so, um, he didn't turn out bad at all. So, you know, there's still there's still plenty of room for growth for Roger here. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. All right, mate, uh, last one. Ryan Fox paying $176 for a win at the US Open. <laughs> Can we back him? Yeah. Can we punt him? <laughs> well, winning a major would be pretty amazing, wouldn't it? Um, oh, he's in good nick, and he's in a good space, Ryan, mentally. Um, he's had a couple of weeks break. Um, he'll be, you know, he'll be the freshest he's been going into a major because normally he goes. You still getting his ear, Fox? Off the back of like, what's that? You still getting his ear like you used to do all the time? No, 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 mate, no, no, no. I think he's um, he's he's got a good team around him. Is he? He doesn't he doesn't need he doesn't need my input. Um, um, when we're just we're just supporters, so we've got some. It's seventeen hours. I haven't seen the draw yet. I don't think it's the the draw. It's not out yet, but. Mate, he's just going to go into this major a bit fresher than most of them because he usually qualifies pretty late and, and just goes from one event or a couple of events straight into a major with travel involved, which is not that easy. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll just see if he can um, carry on and get to the weekend. And you get to the weekend, we'll see what happens. Beautiful, mate. Oh, we're going to let you go and uh, rip into your, your duties, mate. Appreciate you coming on the show, Foxy. Awesome, okay. as always. Right, well mate. done on selecting the, the All right. first All Blacks for July. Appreciate it. Cheers, men. See you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Foxy. Jeez, he's confident, isn't he? He, he is. is. He's well, he's got to be. He's, he's sure got, of he's, himself, Kimpy. Yeah, he's got to be. He's got to be pushing out all the right messages and stuff like that. I thought some of the questions, like, you know, a really good question from you around that too, is you, of why have you picked a player that is in the in the, uh, in the the competition this year but leaving last year? Well, well Charles Piertel was that same player. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, as we know, he went away. So, you know, they, they do say the right thing so that people... They've got to say it with um, confidence, Uncle. They gotta, you they've got to say it with confidence. But, yeah. you're, you know, he's that's why he's in the selection. I thought, you know, I thought, he, I thought the answers from a selection point of view was really interesting because I've been around a selector's table selecting Kiwi teams before. Um, and you do think about a lot, not just of the um, opposition and what they bring to the table, but the mix of players that you got. One of the one of the things that he really pointed out was that they need to be aggressive because mm. when he was saying mobility, agility, and power all the time, he he I was just going well. That's what the other teams are bringing. So how do you combat it? How do you bend the line? How do you stop the defensive lines coming at you at 100 miles an hour? Yeah, of course that's game plan, but it's Great hard question, to execute mate. it if you've got the wrong people. Yeah. And yeah, that, we'll come back to that. Uh, yeah, yeah, we will actually, because I'd love to know exactly that. And and how do you how do you envision a player to play an actual game plan? Because there is a lot that goes on in between. There's a couple of good messages here as well. Twenty four minutes past eight o'clock, Peru in Australia. I reckon are going to penalties. One hundred and twelfth minute, and they're into continental World Cup qualifier. That's still live in the SENZ app. If you want to tune over and catch cross over and catch the last of that match, there we'll be back after this. It is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, 24 minutes past eight, with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Let's talk some thoroughbreds. Because following a dedicated weanling-only format for the second year, New Zealand Bloodstock's 2022 edition of the weanling sale will see 132 quality youngsters go under the hammer, under the gavel, at the Karaka Sales Centre on Friday the 17th of June. 
Kane Jones. Well, he's our man, isn't he? He's an excellent bloodstock agent with NZB. He's going to fill us in on all of the opportunities. He's on the line with us now. How are you doing, Kane? I'm great, Louis. It's nice to be chatting to you again. Absolutely, mate. Now, is are the rumours true that the big boss, Sebs, is, um, he's ditched the weanling sales because he's up at Ascot with a top hat on? Uh, not quite yet, no. I think that that would be his dream, but no, he um, he heads up later in the week. Oh, okay. No, I should have I should have <laughs> known. He would absolutely love that. How dare I even question that? Um, he would never, ever get up there and miss a sale. What, t- talk to us about this yearling sale, and how about we start, what makes it different from, sorry, the weanling sale, what makes it different from the yearling sale? So, well, the main difference is these horses are a little bit younger than yearlings, so these horses are sort of six to ten months old, Um they're essentially just babies. Um, and we've got a, um, a reasonably small but select catalogue of, of a whole lot of quality horses there. We've got um, young horses by Proven Sire, Savabeel, Pier and Canto, Ocean Park. Um, and we've got horses by young emerging sires, Tarzino, Tavachi, El Manzor, and, and even a few new ones, um, Super Seth, Windspell, and Ten Sovereigns. So uh, really exciting times and um happy to have a look at them in the next few days and, and sell them on Friday. Hey Kane, um, it's, been, it's been a difficult time for the sales over the last couple of years, obviously COVID affected and uh, you haven't been able to do the things and get the travellers that you've been hoping to, but what's the expectations for this uh, this sale on Friday, mate? You expecting a good turnout, good numbers? Yeah, absolutely. It has been um, pretty tricky times um, in the last few years for us and for everybody else. Um, I was actually at the Gold Coast um, few weeks ago in Melbourne recently and a lot of the Aussies are coming over to um, Karaka this week and we've got our beautiful new uh, hotel there on site so they'll be staying there on site and it'll be it'll be great to welcome the, the Australians and obviously all the Kiwis back to Karaka and, and have a really good sale. Hey Kane, I assume everything sold then becomes Karaka Million nominated, is that right? Yep, absolutely, you're onto it, yep. Um, everything sold, um, everything that goes through the ring is eligible to be nominated for the Karaka Million. So uh, we've got the Million Dollar Karaka Million two-year-old race and the Million Dollar Karaka Million three-year-old mile, as well as the Stayers Cup um, there on out. So, yep, um, weanlings and um, and then when we get to yearlings in, in January are, are also eligible. So um, a really good incentive there. There was a was an experience I kind of got to see a wee, a, well two years ago now um, regarding pin hooking a wee Savabeel um, with Sammy Williams and Little Avondale stud with the boys get paid guys uh, and it was kind of a really cool experience I knew nothing about it so when I we hear the word pin hooking can you just break it down for people that wouldn't know what it is and wouldn't know what opportunity there is with these weanlings which are the younger horses to then potentially sell again. Yeah, so pin hooking is essentially uh, buying a horse with the view to on-sell it, uh, preferably for a profit at the um, at a later stage. So the most common sort of forms of pin hooking are out of this sale to resell at the yearling sale or uh, to buy yearlings and resell at the ready-to-run sale. So um, it's not for the faint-hearted. It's not just a matter of buying a horse and selling it for a massive profit. Um, there's a bit of skill and expertise and a lot of luck needed, but um, but there can there can be some great results. We saw last year uh, Mark Baker bought a beautiful El Manzor Colt out of this weaning sale for 145, and he sold it at this year's Karaka sale for 260 or 280 um, thousand. So 
um, a great result there. And, and yeah, we, we at New Zealand Bloodstock, we can help with pin hooking and offering um, finance options and things like that to help you along. He's a pretty sharp, op- sharp operator, isn't Mark? Hey, last one, Kane, then we'll let you carry on with your day. What's the deal with Valachi Downs? Because I know that's under sale, isn't it? Um, it was up for sale. It's actually changed hands now. Okay. Um, so Lib Patania has bought uh, Valachi Downs just recently. Um, but the horses are up for a full dispersal. So we've got 20 beautiful weanlings um, in our supplementary catalogue on Friday. They will actually be sold first before the main catalogue. Um, and they've got some some beautiful horses there. There's a there's a Savabell Colt that will uh, quite possibly top the sale. Um, nice Savabell Philly. There's Almanzors. There's um, U.S. Navy flags. Um, there's there's a beautiful lineup there. So um, that's exciting and a good boost for the sale. And then we've got broodmares and, and race horses coming up on Gavel House Plus. So keep an eye on that as well. Awesome, mate. Love it. And, of course, Sir Peter Valor and uh, good luck to him and everyone involved in New Zealand Bloodstock, but especially him with Home Affairs racing this weekend. Uh, he's got a couple of horses, I know, up there racing at Royal Ascot this week, so it must be so exciting for everyone. Great to catch up with you, Kane. Good on you, Louis. Cheers, guys. There you go. Cheers, mate. Um, Kane Jones, very sharp racing mind. This penalty shootout, boys, is tense. So I think it's even now. The Australian goalkeeper got a save back. I think it might be about four penalties each. Izzy, Kempe doesn't want Australia to progress. What do you want? Oh, I'm saying it was Kempe. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone but the Aussies, mate. I love my, my SEN crew over in Australia, but get up, Peru. Come, Come on. on, Peru. Uh, a text we Peru's got- <laughs> close to Israel. And, yeah. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> go yeah, yeah, reach. You find that, mate. Uh, and yeah. one text we got earlier in the show, Louis, there are some beautiful images and clips down the Chris Waller Racing Instagram page. Beautiful horses yeah. on the road to the race. It's been great watching. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so Nature Strip tonight, 2.40. Home Affairs later on in the weekend. It's so exciting for everyone. Well done, Sophie Baker and Charlie Duckworth, everyone that's running that set up there with Chris Waller. It's been great viewing. And do you reckon Nature Strip wins? Is he just blind faith? Do we just have blind faith in the, the great one? Blind faith, mate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I reckon it wins. I reckon it wins. But I'll be, yeah, I'll probably watch a replay, let's be honest. You're not going to get up at 240? <laughs> no. No. Gimpy, what are you doing? Are you staying out in Queensland? Are you going to go skiing on those knees? Mate, I hope to, I hope to get out. The snow's, come, the snow's coming in at the moment. So, um, yeah, well, I'm set up down here. I'm Uncle, happy to stay will here I be playing golf on Sunday? Nah, oh, no chance. Bring down a snow plate. Uh, what do you call it? No, one of those snow sleds with the kids, mate, because you'll probably be doing that. <laughs> Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it, like um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.